1: KYW Original Podcasts. The Eagles only have one win after six games for the first time since 1998. A 1-4-1 and record after, hey, you got to give them credit. They fought hard, but they lost to the Ravens 30-28 to at Lincoln Financial Field. They got three games against the division coming up. It's a very critical point of their season. Ray Dittinger's on the line to break down what happened yesterday in South Philadelphia. Ray, thank you for the time. Uh, what was your overall feeling? After a game like that yesterday where the Eagles are, are massively behind and they come back, but they come back in part because of penalties by the Ravens. What are your overall thoughts on yesterday's
2: game? Uh, I thought that it was a very gutty effort. I, I give them a lot of credit for fighting back um, because really, uh, after the, at the end of the first half, they looked like they were completely outclassed. And... Uh, you know, it was 17-0, and it felt like it was 37-0. It, it just, just didn't feel like they had anything going on offense. Certainly didn't have anything going on offense. First six possessions, first seven possessions, they didn't couldn't manage a first down, um, and it looked like that the Ravens could just sort of breeze through this one. And maybe they even thought that a little bit at halftime, figured, that, well, this game's over because the Eagles had shown them nothing offensively. But they came out in the second half, and you know, led by Carson Wentz, who I thought just played. I mean, statistically didn't play great and artistically didn't play great at stretches, but man, he played with, with a tremendous amount of courage and, uh, and really just kind of put it on his shoulders and uh, came, came within a yard and a half of taking the game to overtime. So it's pretty amazing. I mean, yeah, you don't want to be sitting there at one four and one and you don't want to be sitting where the Eagles are right now. But when you consider the number of players they were down in this game and the number of points, they were down to a good Baltimore team. To fight back, score 22 points in the fourth quarter, and be there knocking on the door at the end of the game was pretty remarkable. I give him a lot of credit for uh, for showing me a lot of heart.
1: You mentioned the failed two-point uh, attempt at the end of the fourth quarter, how they fell short. It would have tied the game at 30. What did you think of that play?
2: Um, a lot of debate about that. I, I didn't like it. Um, a couple things about it. It looked to me like they were they were late getting out of the huddle. Uh, you don't have a lot of time on two-point conversions. It's a short clock. It's only 20 seconds, so you really have to make up your mind exactly what you're going to do, and you have to be ready to do it. And it looked like they were they were running a couple steps behind there. Uh, it didn't look right at the line of scrimmage. Everything kind of rushed. And I thought the play call was very questionable. I, I just didn't think it, it looked like it had much of a chance of success. Um, you know, if you're going to run RPO there, if you're going to run zone read there, you um, I, if, you have my, if you have a healthy Miles Sanders as, as, as the guy you're faking it to, I think a defense reacts differently than they do to Boston Scott. I, I just don't think that the fake to a back like Boston Scott is going gonna, is gonna to buy you the space or the time that you need to make that play work. Um, I, I would have, I, you know, I just would have put, Wentz was so hot at that point, I would have just put him in the shotgun and snapped it to him and run some kind of a rollout and just let him get out on the edge and either run it himself or find a receiver. Uh, I just thought the way the thing was set up and, and the way that the blocking was set up, the way the Ravens sniffed it out, I mean, the play had very little chance of succeeding.
1: Questionable play call aside, you mentioned how it looked like they got out of the huddle uh, in, in an untimely fashion they did not get out of the huddle quickly I mean it was obvious we saw they did not get out of the huddle quickly the play clock was running down what do you do at that point they had a timeout left do you burn a timeout at that point
2: you could I mean you could I mean and, and that's an arguable point uh but you know I think at that point Wentz is getting up to the line of scrimmage and and, and literally when they snap the ball I think they only had one second so he didn't have a lot of time to get up to the line of scrimmage and look around and see the defense and see the play call and say, you know what, now this this play, we, no, we can't run this play. Stop, stop, timeout. You know, that that all takes time. And I think he got up there, he saw where the clock was. It was literally down to two seconds, one second. He felt like he just got to snap the ball. Uh, if you had it to do over again, yeah, you probably call timeout. And it probably would have been the smarter thing to do because the whole game's riding on that play. Uh, and... Yeah, better to use a timeout there, think it over, get organized, and come back with a play you really want to run, than try and force something that's not going to work. But you know, that's you know we can you know we can micromanage the last uh, the last few seconds of that game from now until Thursday when they play again. But to me, the the bigger issue is just why do you keep digging yourself a hole like this? You know, why does every game have to come down to this? Uh, and that's that to me is the real problem here. Is, the, is these slow starts. I mean, you, look, you know, you're down 21 to three to the Rams. You know, you're down 31 to 14 to Pittsburgh. You're down 17 to nothing to the Ravens against good teams. I mean, those are all three teams that have a real good chance of going to the postseason. And you, and you're just start so slow offensively. I mean, they have to find a way to, to avoid falling into those on the, into those holes because listen, the last two weeks against Steelers and the Ravens, two good teams. They fell way behind. They fought back, and they made it a game at the end, but they just dug themselves too big a hole. When you're playing good teams and you're as depleted player-wise as the Eagles are right now, you can't afford, you can't be trying to make up double-digit deficits. They almost pulled it off, but more often than not, you're going to wind up losing, which is what happened.
1: So many reasons they fell behind double digits again, whether it was drops, you know, the John Hightower on the first drive would have been a big gain, maybe a touchdown, uh, Miles Sanders turned the wrong way would have been a touchdown, Jake Elliott missed a field goal, the blocking was obviously... Not good at all. The offensive line had a had huge issues all afternoon with the Ravens' defensive front. But Ray, they were able to get a spark going when Jalen Hurts came into the game along with Carson Wentz. He had that run first, that first Eagles first down of the afternoon late in the late in the second quarter, and then he you know even as a decoy, he made the Ravens' defense think a little bit so it was working but it felt like as the game went on Doug went away from that strategy would you use more Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz plays than what Doug did yesterday
2: um yeah but I mean within reason I mean people I think tend to overreact to things like that I mean it's it's just a handful of plays um and I think people want to see a, a, a bigger package and more of Hurts on the field. I'm not so sure that's the right way to go either. Uh, I think they could have done it a little bit more in this game, and Doug sort of even mentioned that in the post-game press conference, that, yeah, I could have, maybe I could have put him out on the field a little bit more in the second half. Um, but you have to be a little careful because the fans like to overreact to things like that. And I've heard a lot of chatter last night and then today that, you know, they needed to go with Hertz a lot more. They needed to put Hertz under center, let him run a whole series. You know, I, I don't know. I, I I think you have to be really careful about where he is in his own development. I don't even know that it would have been fair to him to ask him to do too much. I mean, he's still a young guy who's trying to figure it out, going up against a, a really good and smart and very aggressive blitzing defense um i would have tried given the success that you have had and the fact that 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 the first offensive series that had a little spark was the one where you used hurts i probably would have used him more than they used him down the stretch but ultimately with this season you know if, if the eagles are going to fight their way out of this and get get to the postseason and get this thing turned around it's really going to be about Wentz. It's not going to be about Hurts. Could you use him a little more? Yeah. Could you expand his package? Yeah, probably. Wouldn't be a bad idea. But I I think the idea that that, that kid at this point in his in his development can become the savior. No. If anybody's going to be the savior, it has to be Wentz.
1: I think Doug Peterson's aggressiveness... Um, backfiring again, is another storyline from this game. Not the, not the main reason the Eagles lost. There were many reasons. But when I look at yesterday, and it's all in 2020 hindsight, I, I understand that. But when I look at yesterday, uh, the fourth and foot where Carson was short, and he usually gets those, but the fourth and foot where Carson was short, that could have been a field goal that Jake Elliott, you assume, would make. That's three points. Uh, the first... Two point conversion attempt, which went to Jalen Hurts and was unsuccessful. That could have been a point right there. And, you know, so, some will argue that, well, they got 14 points back anyway. But either way, it's points that you had an opportunity to get that you didn't get because you went for the more difficult. Route And I know the aggressiveness has worked for Doug Peterson before in the past, but he's also had arguably better teams in the past. So my question, Ray, is, is this Eagles team good enough? Are they talented enough, especially with how healthy they are right now, or rather how not healthy they are right now with all the injuries they have? Is this team good enough right now to make gambles like that, to chase points like that? Or should Doug, while keeping aggressive in some respects, Get as many points as he possibly can rather than going for the extra points that he may not need to have.
2: Um, well, I think I think you're right in, in that Doug's basic nature is to be aggressive and he likes to set that tone with the team. Um he likes to send the message to the team that uh I have confidence in you. We can you know, we can make these plays, we can you know, we can win this game. That's his approach and uh that's that's the kind of way he wants to coach his team. I think he always will. Um, t- to me, it works sometimes. I think he does take it to extremes. Um, I, I have not been, regardless of the coach, regardless of the situation, I, have not, I am not a huge fan of the two-point conversion. Uh, I, I know that if you talk to the, the guys who are deep, deep, deep into analytics, they will always argue the merits of the two-point conversion. Uh, I am not nearly as sold on it. I, I understand it's it's something I would I would really only go to late in games when you absolutely have to have the two when you know you look at the scoreboard and say we got to go for two here and it's very clear. In that case, okay, I'll go for it. But uh, I thought yesterday was a case at uh, 17 to six. Um, just kick the, just kick the point. Just yeah. You know, if if you if you miss, then you're chasing that point the whole game. Uh, I would have just I would have just kicked it and if in the fourth quarter if I needed to go for two, okay, I'll go for two, but starting to go for two early in the game to me is it's 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 not the way to go. And uh I know Look, Doug and I are going to disagree on that. I mean, I know he likes to do it. If he feels like the team is just coming off a big touchdown like they did, I mean, the, the long run by Sanders, the fumble, the recovery by J.J., it was the first positive thing that had happened for the team offensively the whole game. Uh, they kind of Now they had a little juice. Now they had a little spark, and I think – that Doug felt like, okay, here's an opportunity. Let's jump on them right now. We're feeling good. we got some things going. Let's go for the two right here. I I think it was more of a gut call on his part than was an analytics call um, because he just kind of wanted to build on some positive momentum, the first thing that they had had all day. I kind of understand that. But for me, I'll take the sure one point and just try and fight my way back from there.
1: Have you ever seen a team – With this many injuries, Miles Sanders on that run that you mentioned hurt his knee. He left the game. Zach Ertz hurt his ankle. He left the game. The Eagles finished that game with two original starters on offense. Carson Wentz and Jason Kelsey. Their offensive line, they were down to their third right tackle. Um, They were down to their third right guard if my math is correct it's 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 amazing how many players and unfortunate how many players have been injured this season have you ever seen something like this
2: um yeah last year and the year before and the year before <laughs> you know the eagles uh are on a run now and you can go back to even the super bowl year of just an incredible number of injuries year after year after year um and if you have one year like this, two years like this, you can write it off to bad luck. I I don't I to me there's just something uh there's just something in the way they're going about business. There's something either in the strength or conditioning program, the training program, something is amiss. I understand football's a tough game and I understand there are injuries and you look around the NFL this year, especially because of the nature of the season as it is, with no spring camps and and uh, an abbreviated kind of truncated training camp where I, I don't know that any of the players coming into this season were in what you would call, quote-unquote, really great football shape. Uh, and a lot of teams around the league uh, are suffering injuries. A lot of teams around the league are losing guys to COVID. Um, but with the Eagles, it's it's not just about this one year. I mean, it's now it's now like a four-year almost epidemic of injuries and internally as an organization i mean the eagles have to take a step back and say wait a minute we're doing something wrong here and we have to go about we have to go about fixing it and yeah i mean it's it's amazing to me that with what they've faced in in terms of injuries and loss of personnel over the last four years you're looking at a team that's won a super bowl and never missed the playoffs i mean it's amazing how much they have been able to overcome but at a certain point you just maybe reach the breaking point and who knows I mean, maybe they are there now. I mean, they're 1-4-1, and you lost a couple more guys yesterday. By the end of the game, you only had two of your offensive starters left, uh, and the way the game was evolving with all the hits that Wentz was taking, you thought any play could have been his last. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is something that the Eagles, I mean, starting with Jeff and all the way down the chain, they have to say, no, we have to reevaluate what we're doing here because there's obviously something that we need to do better to keep our players on the field.
1: And I should point out, as you mentioned uh, the COVID situation, that Matt Pryor was not in yesterday's game because he was on the COVID list, not an injury. He was on the COVID list, and Jamon Brown was in. Ray, the last one I have for you, um, Jason Lockenfour of CBS had a had a report yesterday that basically indicated that a, a rival GM and sources tell him that Howie Roseman, you know, could very well be. Uh, as he usually is aggressive as the trade deadline nears and it's getting closer. Should the, should the Eagles and should Howie Roseman be buyers at this year's trade deadline factor in the, in the fact that they're in a very poor division and do have a chance to make the playoffs?
2: Sure, but within reason, I mean it's you know you're not going to give away a first round draft choice for somebody else's third string guard, uh, even though after watching Jamon Brown yesterday, You might have to think about it, but uh, I uh, I I think that listen I know I know Howie and I know he's one of these guys that doesn't at all mind making moves at midseason. I mean a lot of a lot of general managers are reluctant to do it. Howie does it pretty routinely. Uh, Every year around this time he seems to make at least one pickup, and some of them work out really well. But you have to deal. You have to factor in where you are in terms of the salary cap, what you're taking on, and what you have to give up to get it. And I, you know, I mean, right now, where they are in terms of personnel, I mean, I don't know if Zach Ertz can play Thursday. I don't know if Miles Sanders can play on Thursday. Uh, we aren't going to really know the physical status of this team probably for a day or two. Um, but I know it's tempting for the fans to, to just say, yeah, go ahead, make a deal, bring somebody in here. Two issues about it. N- number one is who's a, who could possibly be available at this point in the season, given everything that's happening across the league in terms of injuries and COVID? And number two what what kind of a price are you willing to give up in terms of draft picks down the road or you know where do you stand in terms of salary cap how much salary can you afford to take on it's more complicated than people make it seem doesn't mean howie's not going to try but the idea of trying the the idea that there's a big blockbuster deal out there to be made they can get this team over the hump I think that's uh, I think that's very mm, mm, probably short term Short term and unlikely thinking.
1: Well, they have to try to get their second win; otherwise, they're going to be in the same company as uh, let's see here, nineteen seventy five went one and seven, took nine games to get their second win. So they have a little bit to go before nineteen seventy five, but they're going or nineteen seventy two as well. Nineteen seventy two had a had a year where they took a while to get their second win. So the Eagles have a ways to go before they're in the same company as those bad uh, Mike McCormick teams, uh, and you know they will try to get that second win thursday yeah. night against the uh, the giants it's a huge game ray it's a huge oh, game yeah. they, they have to win i uh, mean you know these next three games kind of define their season at this point
2: it does it does dave i mean it really does i mean it it's i mean it's a sort of sad commentary to what the nfc east has become but that's that's the reality of it i mean 1-4 and 1 you're not out of anything 1-4 and 1 in a lot of other divisions you'd be your season would be over here you're still in contention, um, but the next three games really are going to. I mean, the next three games will tell you exactly if you have a season left to play. You got the Giants, you got the Cowboys, you got the Giants. Um, if the Eagles can find their way to winning those three games, if, if they get to four four and one with everything they've been through and then the division they're in, I'm not going to actually say they're in the driver's seat because I'm not sure there is a driver's seat in this division. But they'll actually be in a position where you can realistically talk about them making a playoff run. Um, and yesterday, even though that was a disappointing loss, I just think that the, the courage that they showed and the tenacity that they showed to fight back, and especially the leadership of the quarterback, was something that even at 1-4-1, I think they have something to build on if they can just have enough healthy players to line up on Thursday.
1: No, I, I agree with that, and we will see how that how all that transpires throughout the next few days. It's a short turnaround, but on a short turnaround week, that means an, an extra conversation with Ray Dininger. We'll, Ray will talk uh, Thursday morning to preview the game and Friday morning to recap the game. Thank you for the time, as always.
2: My pleasure, Dave. Talk to you then.
1: Talk to you then. Hall of Famer Ray Dininger of 94WIP.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?